so, Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more, no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Uh, And if we go to Luke chapter 2 now, just uh, I find it incredible you read that and we're just going to Luke 2 and witness the fulfilling of this prophecy. So Luke chapter 2 verse 1. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should take place while Quirinius was governor over Syria and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, 
He was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Um, Just thinking over this prophecy, uh, I didn't know really a whole lot about it. I hadn't read through Isaiah back to front a lot, but I spoke to Derek this morning and spoke to Steph as well and kind of agreed that this prophecy, when you read it, is not something that we often put into context when it comes to Christmas. Um, The crazy thing, when we read Isaiah from chapter 9 and we read about the birth of a child, who will be the saviour of the world. You imagine hearing that and you kind of think, oh yeah, that'll be good. Like, you know, a few years and then the saviour will be born. But what we don't realise, there's actually 700 years between that prophecy I just read to you and the birth which I also read to you from Luke chapter 2. 700 years. But I don't know about you... When it comes to stuff with Christmas, uh, and you think about, especially after hearing something like that, for us today, Christmas seems to bring a lot of tension, a lot of stress. Uh, You start to wonder if you're ever going to get the house clean enough. You start to wonder if you're going to have enough food, or even if the people that might come over and spend a bit of time with you, you wonder if they're actually going to be able to get on. The worst thing you could imagine for Christmas is when people have disagreements and you feel like the day is kind of ruined. If you weren't worried about whether or not your house is going to be clean or you've got enough food or anything like that, well, you're welcome because I've just invited you to worry just like I do over Christmas. But <laughs> the big thing about Christmas is the anticipation. For us, all year, we wait for a particular day where gifts are poured out and families sometimes, if you're lucky enough, family tends to come together. And that's kind of what surrounds it. Stress. We are waiting for all these things to unfold and all these things that we believe that are going to happen, we wait for them to come about. You imagine that's what it would have been like for the Israelites in the ancient time when they were told this prophecy from Isaiah. To give a bit of context, this prophecy was about the suffering that the Israelites were going to go through. Thanks, mate. Can you go sit down, please? Uh, The reason why they were going to go through the suffering was because of their rebellion. But God also revealed that He was going to bring the people back to Himself through the birth of the Saviour. As I said just before, 700 years later and the birth of the Saviour is upon them. As we read in Luke 2, the shepherds stood witness to this. The exciting reveal of Christ's birth. And it said they were terrified. As you would be. The anticipation that the people must have felt for this birth. 700 years is a massive amount of time. After a while, you would think they started to kind of give up a little bit of hope, whether or not Jesus was going to be born, whether or not they were ever going to see the Messiah. If they missed it, or if they messed something up, like you'd be wondering constantly, just self-conscious, unaware of just whether or not, oh, did I miss it? Am I, I don't know. Has the Saviour come and I've just completely, it's gone. 
the way that Steffi pictured it this morning was pretty hilarious. It's like, imagine you listen to a radio station and they go, up next, this song which you love. And then all of a sudden, 700 years later, the song comes on. Like, it just seems a bit ridiculous. Like you're waiting there going, when's this song coming? I want to I I listen to it. When's it going to turn up? But you wait such a long time in constant anticipation of, is today the day that we are going to stand witness to this? Uh, I think sometimes in our lives, it is very easy to be excited about things like Christmas. But then you wonder what happens after this massive day. You always find it a little bit hard when everyone kind of leaves after that. Your house is quiet for most people. You wonder, what now? What do I do with myself? If we put all our hope into Christmas, just the day day itself, don't get me wrong, if we put it into being the best day ever of our lives, the best family time ever, and the best food that you can ever eat, the rest of the year and every other day apart from that always seems to disappoint even if the day went to plan everything went perfectly it always seems to end just that little bit too soon I think for myself at least the reminder of Christmas is what we're waiting for we see for ourselves Christ died on the cross he ascended into heaven And he said to us, I'm coming back soon. It's been a long time though since that happened. A long time. Nearly 2,000 years. I don't know about for you, but the anticipation for myself sometimes, some days you feel pretty gloomy. You feel like that hope has kind of been a little bit lost. You feel like you've screwed something up. You've missed it. can just feel like the actual purpose of it is forgotten. How soon is soon? <laughs> I don't know if you caught yourself asking that question, but I'm, I, I can be honest, I'm a very sinful person and find myself some days being in a bit of pain. I've got dodgy knees and dodgy shoulder and you kind of just go, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm only 23 and I'm already sick of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> you guys are like, shut up, man. You've got a lot more in, <laughs> in store for you. But... I just think, oh, how soon is soon? Christ, can you come back today, please? Sometimes I feel like, and for myself, I speak from my own personal experience, in this life we get distracted. What are we really waiting for? This Christmas finishes, and there's New Year's, and Easter, and it all comes back around again, and then it ends again. No matter how hard we try, it always seems to disappoint. When we focus on the heavenly anticipation of Christ returning for us, it is much better than any Christmas party, Easter celebration or anything you could ever experience. Focusing on the promise of Christ's return that constant celebration that we should be able to celebrate each day, but 
something that Christmas serves as a huge reminder of. If we focus on that, it can never, ever disappoint. The day when Christ returns will be better than any of that. So as we come together to celebrate Christmas, through all the hectic preparation or family time or time with friends, maybe even time by yourself, I want to encourage you to find your fulfilment in what Christ has done. What Christ did on the cross to bring you back into relationship with God. And also take courage that Christ is coming back. That promise stands true. What we're really waiting for is that one Christmas party, that one celebration that will never end. That one where we are finally reunited with long lost family and friends. Sometimes even people we've never met, but incredible people nonetheless. We don't know when. You can read the Bible back to front, front to back, and you will never, ever find a time or a date when all this will unfold. But just like the Israelites didn't wait in vain for over 700 years, we won't be waiting in vain. We're not waiting on an empty promise. Christ is coming back. And that is where our hope should be found at Christmas. The second coming of Christ. Celebrating both the birth and the life of Christ. This incredible birth that we look to is where our hope can be found at Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I pray as we spend the the next week preparing for Christmas just pray that each day you can dwell in our hearts and bring forth that message that you will one day be coming again Lord that we can find our hope every single day in that great return I pray as Christmas day rolls around Lord that that excitement won't dim that as we look back to the memory of Christ's birth, that you will bring us today that that fresh joy, that excitement of Christ's return. I pray your Holy Spirit will fill our hearts over this next week and just bring us joy in every moment, knowing that you are in control knowing you are Lord over all and no matter what, you love us, Father. We give you thanks and praise for what you did through Jesus. The powerful work to bring us back to you and the relationship that you've opened up for us with us as your children and you as our Father give you thanks and praise for this blessing Lord and we pray just for a constant reminder of this blessing we pray this in Jesus name
Amen.